Well, thank you, Mia, and welcome again to St Mark's today. My name is Andrew Bowles. I'm the senior minister here. It's great to have the kids lead us today. We appreciate thinking about the birthday of the church and the work of the Holy Spirit. You might remember that as a church, we actually talked about Pentecost a little while ago. So today, I'm not focusing on that particular story. I'm going to be thinking more in our series called Living in the Spirit. We're looking at uh, the letter of 1 Corinthians that the, Paul wrote to the, uh, the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth and thinking about what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit as the church was at Pentecost, as we've heard in that story uh, this morning. And we've been thinking about the reality of uh, how Paul talks about the church as sort of the household of God. And so what does it mean for us to be a place where God lives? So we learn that God lives in us and we live in God. And this is something that actually changes every part of our lives. And this is what the, uh, the church in the book of Acts, where the story of Pentecost comes from, was learning to actually understand and to live. And so I want us to think today about what does it mean to live in God? So I think being a Christian is actually kind of like uh, living in a new household. So it's coming to live in a new, almost like moving to a new home or joining a new family. And what we, one of the things we know is that all households tend to have their own rules, don't they, or their own ways of doing things. Every house is so slightly different. So we all have our own kind of values and the way we do things, the sort of culture of our place. So uh, things like, you know, when do we have dinner? When do we sit down together? And what kind of things do we eat? Who does the chores in the house? When do they get done? You know, all those sorts of questions. And also more deep things like, well, how do we talk to each other in our family? What kind of behaviour is okay and what's not okay? One of the things they teach us uh, when we're young parents is you, to, to, tell, to talk to our kids and say, this is how we do things in our family, isn't it, Ethan? Yeah, you would know. No? <laughs> this is how we talk to each other. This is how we live. And so I think Paul is talking today in this particular passage of 1 Corinthians 4 about a lot of things. But one of the things he's talking about is how, what are some of the new rules that you have as a member of the household of Jesus? How do we understand ourselves? What do we do in this new place? Because the Corinthians might not know. They're only new to it. And so he talks about how he thinks of himself and how he thinks of the church in Corinth. Now they have this new identity as uh, followers of Jesus. They're living in this new household together. Now they've put their trust in Christ. So what's their identity? How do they understand themselves? What are the cult- what's the culture of this place? It's very different to where they came from. Uh, very different from the households that they might have been raised in and from the wider culture around them in the world of the Greek and Roman empires of the day. So I want to think today about some of the, some of the rules so I want to think today about some of the... Oh, is that all right? Am I, am I standing too close to something? Do you want to turn it off? No. Okay. So I want to think today about some of the rules that uh, the church in Corinth is given by Paul, some of their household values, and how they might be different and challenging to us today as we think about them as a church as well. So I'm going to put up the contrasting messages uh, on the screen from, the, from outside the church or outside the, God's household and those inside and see what they might say to us today, some of the things that Paul says. So let's look at the first one. Okay, so one of the things that Paul talks about is how we understand what our value and worth comes from. And so it's pretty clear that what he understands, I think most of us would agree, that one of the big dominant messages from the world around us is when you think about your own worth, it comes from what other people think of me. So my worth comes from what other people think think about me, Um, the the, the opinions that they have of me. You know, a lot of us, and I think most of us at particular times of our lives, are very obsessed with the judgments that we make about other people and ourselves. 
what do people think of me? What does that say about me? Am I valuable? And what Paul actually says to them is actually there's, if you look in particularly in verses 2 to 5, there is a difference, he says, in the household of God, is that that doesn't apply to you anymore. My worth does not come from what other people think of me, but in fact it is God who knows my true value in, the, in, in, God, in God's household. Paul says, actually, he's learned that he doesn't even anymore care what anyone thinks of him. He says, well, I don't even really think about it anymore. I don't even think about what I care about myself anymore. Can you imagine that? <laughs> not caring what you think about you know, your own opinion of yourself? He says, well, this is what God allows us to do. For Paul, he says, look, all I care about now is the love and acceptance of God. His grace has accepted me into his household. He knows my true value. And what is true about you and what's true about me and all of us in God's house will be revealed at the right time. We don't need to worry about it anymore. Our worth doesn't come from what other people think of me. So that's one of the rules in God's house is that he's the one who decides what our value is and he knows it perfectly. We don't have to worry about what others think of us. Another one he might talk about is how do we judge... uh, our value by the people that we associate with. We've talked a lot about this in, in the early chapters of 1 Corinthians because this is what the Corinthians were struggling with a lot because they had the value which came from their culture around them that you're judged by who the people you associate with. So I need to be part of the best group. Who are the smartest, wisest, strongest, most powerful people? I'll be part of them. Who's the best leader? I'll follow that person. And that, mean, that tells you how valuable I am. So that's a rule. And of course, if we look around, we do think that this is something that a lot of us are tempted to say, you know, am I, what, part of, what part am I am? Uh, what group am I part of? Even down to such things as, you know, am I part of the group of, uh, you know, this, is my sports team a winning team? Does that, what does that say about me? So Paul says that's actually not how God's household works. We don't, we don't need to be part of the best group. In fact, it's not important at all. Paul's rule, actually, or the Gibson, or the guideline is that actually God's people might not be very impressive at all, but that's perfectly okay. Weakness, he says, is just an opportunity for God to show that we are his people and his grace and power shows in our lives. In fact, it doesn't really matter at all. Um, Our intrinsic uh, properties, how powerful, how strong I am, even the, the people I associate with, it's okay just to be who I am. And Paul, and Paul says you can even acknowledge that basically we're the scum of the earth. He says right at the end there. That's okay. You don't have to worry about that. If people say that to you, oh, that's fine. I'm the scum of the earth. That's fine. Because God is the one who judges you. It doesn't matter how impressive we are to the world around. And this comes back to the idea that, of course, Paul experienced very greatly, the idea of grace, which is the fact that everything that we have is a gift. Everything that we have in God's house is a gift. We don't need to earn it. It doesn't matter what group we're part of. God gives it freely to his people. In verse 7, Paul says to them, what do, you, what do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you didn't? Don't worry about what you have. Don't worry about what, part, what group you're part of. That doesn't say anything about you. It's okay just to be who you are because everything you have comes from God. A third uh, rule in God's house is about how we talk or about how we understand what it means to listen to others. So Paul talks about some of the differences between the way the people in the world have treated the church and the way they are to treat each other and to treat the world around them. And one of the rules he he sees in the world around him is that we pay attention to the negative things people say. They're cursed, he says. They curse us, he says. They say things about us to put us down. They demean us. They ridicule us. That is how the world works. And I'm sure we're all familiar with that. If you've spent any time on social media, you know that this is how we behave. 
we don't like what someone does, we tell them. And we judge them. And we use our words to bring them down. And Paul says again, this is not the way that the church church and God's household behaves anymore. The the behaviour of God's household is not based on who's in, who's out, who's up, who's down, and how we can say things to people to get them to know how bad that they are because we disapprove of them. He says, in fact, the, the opposite is true. The church and God's household is supposed to be flowing out of positivity and blessing towards the world around us. They curse us, he says, and we bless them in return. Not just ignoring what people say to us and not caring, but actually turning it around into a blessing. Can you imagine what our world would be like if whenever someone said something negative towards us, we blessed them in return, said something positive or encouraging to them? This is a change. This is how God's household is supposed to behave. And this is because this is, we, know how, this is, we know this is how Jesus behaved himself. He was on the cross. People were cursing him. And he still blessed them and forgave them. And Paul says this is how we are to behave as well. There's a saying um, in, uh, I think, a play in the 20th century, uh, the idea that um, hell is other people. Have you ever heard that phrase? Uh, hell is other people. And what that, mean, what that means is the idea that we experience hell when, we li- when we're in relationships where people cut each other down. We can't live together. We can't speak together in positive ways. We're all far from the presence of God together. And he says the church is not supposed to be hell where people cut each other down, but a foretaste of heaven where people build each other up. Heaven is other people when we bless each other. So this is how God's house works. Uh, final word that I think Paul would encourage us to, to think about is what does it mean to be successful? What are the values that we have in God's house about what it means to be successful? Because in the world around, he sees that it is very important for the, pe- for the people in Corinth to have a lot of money and success in order to be valuable. And again, I would say this is a fairly strong message in Australia in 2021. It is important to have money and to have a lot of success. Even if we don't say it this crassly, this is definitely uh, how uh, a lot of us live. And Paul says, this is actually, again, this is not how God's household works. It's not important to have a lot of money and success in God's kingdom. In verses 8 to 13 in particular in this passage, he really revels for himself in how poor his situation is in comparison to theirs because he says, this shows that I'm actually imitating Jesus more than you. You are rich, I'm poor. You're doing okay, I'm suffering. And in fact, I'm showing you what real success means, which is being like Jesus. And so Paul says, in fact, our our, our need is, it's not important for us in God's family to have a lot of money and success. We are just content with what God provides us. That's enough. What we really seek is what we really need, closeness to God, his presence, his grace, his spirit. We don't need external validation and affirmation. We don't need those possessions in order to be close to him. Not that those things are bad in themselves. And in fact, I think Paul might say we would enjoy money and enjoy success and possessions a bit more if we didn't feel we needed them so much. If we could just be grateful to what God gives and what he provides in all circumstances. Again, in God's house, we learn a different way of living and thinking. So these are just some of the ways that God's house might be different from the household's Uh, around the the Corinthian church and Paul encourages them to understand you're living a different way now what does it mean to live in God the Holy Spirit's come on you at Pentecost how is that going to change the community in which you live and the values that you have and so again we remember this is what it means to live in God and God lives in us it actually changes the values and the rules by which we live every day And they're not really rules to obey. It's just a metaphor I'm using. They're really a values and culture of what it means to be close to God. 
that lifestyle, that way of living. And I would like us just to think today, thinking about some of the things that I've said, how close are they or how different are they to the way our own households live? Or the places we work, the, the households we create? Are they different to it? Are we actually living and shaping our lives according to the rules and the principles of God's house? It's a challenging question because it's, it's actually true that the rules of the households in which we've grown up in and the culture around us, the nation of Australia, the, even the, the world we live in, shape us really to our very core. And some of these rules are very deeply ingrained indeed about how we speak to each other, what it means to be successful, where we, jo- where we get our worth from. There are many other scripts and values and principles that, that we live by and perhaps even unconsciously that are against God's um, plans and God's script and his rules for his family. So the calling that we have is to live in God so that we can learn to live his way in our own household and out in the world as well and to put on those new values and be changed by them and people can say actually there is a different way of living. And it's clear, of course, that this comes after Pentecost. It can only be done if the Holy Spirit gives grace to change, to fill us up with what we really need so that we don't seek security and affirmation in things that are not from God. So I'd encourage us to think today, as you go out here, as you look around in your day-to-day life, as you're in your own home, in the place you work or your school, what are the rules that people are living by? What are the rules that you're living by, written or unwritten? Are they in line with the values of the household of God? And I encourage you to invite Jesus to challenge and to change you as we go into that time. I want to pray for us now, and then I'm going to do a little exercise to help us experience this feeling. So, uh, Lord, we thank you for this um, message today that Paul gives that the way of your household is different. We pray we would learn to live there in our own lives as a church and to show your way to those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to just lead us in a quick type of prayer. It's a bit of a pra- it's called welcoming prayer, um, and it's a practical exercise really to begin to acknowledge what we've talked about, our need for God's presence in us. Okay, and the basic idea is that it's really helpful throughout our lives, day to day, hour to hour, to invite God's presence and the Holy Spirit to live in us as we are now and to infuse His grace into our lives. Otherwise, we can't live out what we've just talked about. So it's, it's helpful for us to learn and to practice to deeply open and allow God to live in us. So we're going to have a time of prayer. And it's not so much a prayer of words, it's, it's, a, it's a prayer of the heart or a prayer of intention. So I'd invite you to join with me uh, for, in this for a moment. So we're just going to uh, just have a quiet moment. Um, you can start the next slide. I'm going to just have some music playing. We're going to have a time of what I call welcoming, welcoming prayer. So... What I'd invite you to do as we come into this time, a bit of quiet, uh, I'd like you to sit down. If you're not sitting down, um, sit gently, be aware of your body and of your thoughts and feelings at the moment. And just be aware how you're feeling right at this moment. Let's just spend a moment doing that with God. So just open your heart up to God. What are you thinking? What are you feeling? Whatever it is, it doesn't have to be good or bad.
So now we pray. We welcome the presence and the action of the Holy Spirit in the feelings and thoughts of our minds, our emotion, our emotions and our body. We let go of the desire to fill our life with things that are not God. Safety and security, esteem and affection, power and control. I let go of the desire to judge any situation, feeling, condition, person or myself and allow God's will to be done. We open to the love and presence of Jesus and the healing action of his grace within us. So let's just wait in silence for a moment, opening our hearts to God and inviting him to live in us today. Amen.